chance to talk about something during uh, this time that maybe we would generally skip over, and that's a genealogy. So of all the things to talk about on a Christmas Eve service, we are going to look very briefly at a genealogy, and there's a, there's a method to my, to my madness. I hope that you'll see that, because never never attempted anything like this, but I'm sure people uh, know their, their family tree history. Uh, maybe some of you for Christmas are getting the, uh, the Ancestry.com gift, where you can research your family tree and uh, find out interesting things, uh, who you're related to. I, we, we've done it, I think I've shared before. I'm I, I was hoping I was related to some sort of royalty or anything like that. That does not seem to be the case whatsoever. But we did find out that my wife was actually re- is related to our, our neighbor right behind us, so a distant cousin, believe it. I'm, that's a very true story. Uh, and, and when we look at genealogies, we would love to name drop, right, if we're related to royalty and, and things like that. Those are people we kind of want to throw out there and let people know. Uh, did you know that Princess Diana Winston Churchill and George Bush are all distant relatives uh, whose ancestry can actually dates back to the 15th century uh, to an English squire, uh, Henry Spencer of Badbury uh, of Northamptonshire. He lived between 1420 and 1478. So that, that makes sense. Those three are related, right? little royalty there going on there. And actually, uh, George Bush... Uh, dates back, his ancestry dates back to 12th century King Henry I and the son of, who was the son of William the Conqueror. Those are people we wouldn't mind having in our family tree. Now, what about the genealogy of Jesus Christ? Because genealogists actually get asked this question. They say, are you okay if we leave out the black sheep of the family, right? Because there are people, maybe you're one of them, I'm one of them. Uh, that we would kind of not want to tell the, tell the story behind. It's a little tainted, uh, especially during Christmas time. Well, what about the genealogy of Jesus Christ? We would think, you know, the, 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 the Son of God, the King of Heaven, uh, the Messiah, that's going to be all noble, all wonderful, all beautiful people that are, are just going to fill that family tree, right? Well, we're going to look at that tonight. We're not going to look at the whole genealogy, and I know you're thankful for that, but uh, actually in Matthew, Matthew kind of helps us out, because Matthew is tracing the genealogical line of Jesus back to David uh, through Joseph, even though Jesus is born of a virgin, uh, not not through Joseph. He has to be connected to David uh, because he is of the kingly line and in order to be the Messiah. So Matthew is proving that connection. And in that connection, even though it is patriarchal or through the Father, there are some women mentioned. And those women that are mentioned kind of let us key in to some of the history behind the men as well. So we're going to look at three very, very quickly. Uh, And the first one that stands out, it's in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 3, his name is Judah. It says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. So Tamar is a woman that is mentioned in this fatherly genealogical line here. So who is Judah and who is Tamar? What is not said is that actually Tamar was, was married uh, to two of Judah's sons, and they were both so wicked 
that God actually had to take them out. So, not said too much about Judah or about his parenting skills there. Um, And so, this left Tamar without anyone to carry on the line, and that was very, very tragic for women during that time. However, there was a provision. So, Judah, the father-in-law, was to then carry on the line through Tamar. Do you think he did that? No. He did not do that, so Tamar had to kind of think of something on her own. So her best idea was to pretend to be a prostitute. And Judah frequented prostitutes and went to see Tamar, who he didn't know. And there you have part of the line of Jesus Christ. And your, your faces are showing me that. Okay, this is working. I see where you're going with this. Okay, so that's, so that's kind of the, can you imagine the kids, can you tell us about Uncle Judah? And that song comes to play, we don't talk about Judah, no, 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 no. The Judah, Tamar, let's move on. How about the next one that stands out? Salmon was the father of Boaz, and now we have another mother by Rahab. So who's Rahab? Well, Rahab is interesting because Rahab was not even an Israelite at the, uh, at the time. Now, Rahab actually belonged to the Canaanites, and Rahab was an inhabitant of Jericho. Now, God had waited 400 years for the Canaanites to kind of mend their ways. Do you think they changed? No, no, but Rahab must be the exception because here she is. She is in the kingly line of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So Rahab must have been the exception to the Canaanite people who were known uh, for their sexual immorality, who were known for their idolatry, and they were also known for their child sacrifice. But Rahab was a moral woman waiting for the Israelites to come. She heard about God, and she didn't partake in any of that. Is that true? As opposed to being a fake prostitute, Rahab was a real prostitute, and Rahab was visited by the spies that were spying out Jericho, but Rahab had a change of heart, and Rahab heard of the mighty power of God and asked for mercy, and not only was she extended mercy by them, her life was spared, but now we see what? Where do we find this idol-worshiping former prostitute, none other than in the line of Jesus Christ? Okay. So we're 0 for 2 for when it comes to people we kind of want to share regarding our family tree. How about, now this one, this one we have to get right because this one is King David. Now we're talking, right? These, this, that's a name that we want to drop, right? I'm related to King David, right? Those are names that we're, we're pretty proud of to have in our, in our family line. So let's, let's go down and see uh, what is said here and why Matthew tells us, Two other names as well. So David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, and there's this other guy mentioned who was the wife of Uriah. All of these names tell a story, don't they? All of these names have a history behind them. David thought he needed a vacation, right? David worked really, really hard. He's like, I, I've deserved it. I need a little me time. So when all the, all the kings were out fighting the, fighting the wars and when the kings would generally go out, 
and be with their, their, their soldiers and fighting, David said, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to, he's walking around the palace grounds. And who does he see? Bathsheba. Bathsheba was bathing at the time, and David thought to himself, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her for myself. Now, Bathsheba was married. Who was Bathsheba married to? Uriah. There, there's the other guy, Uriah. Where was Uriah? Where David should have been. Uriah was out fighting the battle. So David takes Bathsheba, and it doesn't end there. Guess what happens? Bathsheba gets pregnant. This is getting pretty scandalous. Bathsheba gets pregnant, so David has a brilliant idea. Because David doesn't want his sin to be found out, so you know what he does? He calls Uriah back. And he wants Uriah to spend some time with his wife, so why? So that they can cover up their sin. Does it work? No. Because Uriah was an honorable man. And Uriah said, the soldiers are out fighting, the ark is out there, I'm not going to do that. Two times David tried to get him. Does David give up at this point? The honorable king repented, he turned of his ways, and no. He actually has a great idea. He says, I'm going to send Uriah to where the fiercest battle is taking place, and then I want the rest of the troops to withdraw so that he is killed. This is the king of Israel, and all of these people are found in the line of Jesus Christ. All of their names have a story. We have a dishonorable father-in-law who likes to frequent prostitutes and a deceitful daughter-in-law who pretends to be one. We have an idol-worshiping real prostitute and an adulterous, lying, murderous king with an adulterous, seductive wife. Let me ask you something. What does your past look like? You've done some sinful and shameful things. Because if you have, you're in pretty good company, aren't you? Because there's one more name that we need to talk about. It's the name that we're celebrating tonight. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And right across the page, when his name is mentioned, it's not connected with what he's done, but it's connected with what he's going to do. And what does it say he's going to do? You will call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Who's his people? The lot that we just mentioned and the lot that I'm looking at tonight. I don't know what you've done in your past. I don't know what you're doing right now. But the gift of Christmas is that Jesus Christ is not ashamed to have us in his family tree because Jesus Christ died for that sin and shame upon a tree. His birth means that He is going to fulfill that mission. And for those of us who receive that gift, our past is forgiven and we have a new future in His name. That's the gift of Christmas. And that is a gift, folks, that keeps on giving, doesn't it? And the most important question that we need to ask ourselves is are we grafted into his tree? Because if we are,
that's one that's going to last for all eternity. Merry, merry Christmas.